Aira show Friedrichshafen, uh, which is the, probably the biggest for the moment uh, in the world aviation show. I've been flying aeroplanes since I was 16. The biggest aircraft I can fly at the moment is a North American T6, which is a warbird, a uh, World War II fighter plane. This is a French aircraft. With old history, I believe. Oh, uh, yes. It's very easy to fly. It's really, really very attractive investment. As a pilot, it makes your life easier. It's the best time to have an aeroplane is now. Parked your money, you would drive your income. Nice to meet you here at Friedrichshafen. It's so long, uh, there were no any real exhibitions, and it's really the first big event. Tell me, what do you sell uh, at this exhibition? So, I sell the Kodiak, um, built by Dahia and based in France. It's a multi-mission aircraft that is designed to land in dirt strips, grass, anywhere you need to really. It primarily works to transport cargo and large groups of passengers. As you can see here, it's got very big tires, low pressure, designed to handle very difficult terrain without sliding around. It has a very big payload, 7,200 tons, I mean pounds, sorry. And it's designed to fly very, very slowly. So as you'll see by the wing up here, it's a high wing, very thick, so you can fly very low airspeed without stalling, falling out of the sky. People who are really afraid of flying, they can safely fly on this type of aircraft. Yes. And you said that the French made the aircraft. French-owned company, okay. American-made aircraft. And where is the production exactly? In Idaho, Sandpoint, Idaho. And where is it? In the United States. In the United States. Yes. We met with uh, Marle, whom uh, we know for quite a while. She is a young uh, specialist, young professional in um, selling of aircrafts, which is quite unusual job for the lady, I believe. Yes. Today we are in uh, Aira Show Friedrichshafen, uh, which is the, probably the biggest for the moment uh, in the world aviation show. I just uh, want to make a um, kind of personal and business story. So first I would ask Parley how you managed to come to be seller of aircraft. I've been flying aeroplanes since I was 16. Always wanted to work in the industry. And through my training as a pilot, I discovered the opportunity to sell aircraft. You're a pilot I'm yourself? I'm a pilot. Which is the biggest aircraft you were driving? The biggest aircraft I can fly at the moment is a North American T-6, which is a warbird, a uh, World War II fighter plane. So you really know what you are selling. I mean, not just all these uh, booklets and brochures uh, with the figures, which sometimes you cannot believe. So you, you understand in deep how it works. I try my best, <laughs> yes. What are you doing uh, here? So which aircrafts you try to sell and uh, what are the models uh, which are here at the exhibition? I work now mostly with the Kodiak, which is the big aeroplane behind us. That's the aircraft that I sell for Western Europe. That's my territory. So you are responsible for Western Europe? Yes, along with my colleagues um, here today that you see walking around. We all work together. And the other aircraft that we have here at the booth is the TBM. That's a TBM 940. And over on the other side, we have the Honda Jets Elite S. So your company is selling, in fact, uh, 
several different producers. Yes. And you also sell helicopters, yes? We sell the Bell 505 helicopter, which is in another hall, unfortunately. Yes. We will go later on to see that also. Yeah, go and check it out. So you live in uh, Germany? Yes. In Dusseldorf, I hope? Correct. So it's really one of the major industrial cities uh, in Germany. It's, that's also where our headquarters is. That's where we do all of our maintenance and all of our training. The area is, as you say, very industrial, so it lends itself very well to a, an environment where you can have a lot of aviation work going on and a lot of infrastructure for the maintenance of the... Okay, the these, these two, two nice aircraft, so if we buy this aircraft, and definitely it's for European flights only because it's uh, turboprops, just give us an idea of the, how many service centers you have in Europe, uh, how easy to do maintenance. Kodiak, there is one service center with us in Mönchengladbach, and then we have a second one in Switzerland. The Kodiak, there's just two. We're working on expanding further to the United Kingdom. We will have a Kodiak service center by the end of the year in England. You will have your own facility there? It's a contractor, so okay. a maintenance facility that will get the license to work on the Kodiak. Tell us a bit in more details of two of these aircraft. The Kodiak? You'll see it's got a big high wing. purpose of this aeroplane is to transport heavy weights up to 10 people. 10 people, okay. It's what we call a multi-mission aeroplane, so easy to convert and use for a lot of applications. It's unpressurized and it has a fixed gear, so that's the main difference between it and this one. It's also a bit slower. What is the speed uh, about? Maximum cruise speed is 180 knots. This is a more robust aeroplane, if you want to call it that. The Land Rover. Okay. Then we come to the Porsche. Pressurized aeroplane, much faster, double the speed, 330 knots, 600 kilometers per hour, retractable undercarriage, more for business travel or small family to get somewhere quickly. How many packs? Uh, Four to five packs, depending. Plus uh, two pilots, pi one pilot. Single pilot with a co-pilot or passenger in the front seat. Both aeroplanes can be flown single pilot operations, which is... But it's on the private. Private. Tell me, uh, for, for commercial, for AOC operators, do you have a lot uh, under AOC of such aircrafts? For both, not really, no. It's mostly so for private, private private. They would probably fly themselves. They fly themselves mostly. We have a few cases where we have pilots who are flying with owners for supervision or safety purposes. Well, they learn to fly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and what would be the standard, let's say, uh, distance, uh, average standard distance uh, for both of them. The Kodiak is a bit shorter, it can do about a thousand nautical miles, so within Europe, mostly mainland Europe, the TBM can go up to 1,700 nautical miles, so you can get a little bit further down. You can cross uh, whole Europe. Whole of Europe without a fuel stop for your business traveler. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. It's a good aeroplane. The reason why you present them, it's uh, because it's a new models or you expect new models? The TBM 960 just came out a few days ago. It was launched. We have the first one in Europe now. Brightland okay. Air Service was the first dealership. So it's a good opportunity to, to buy this aircraft. I think they're already, I 
We'll have to check with Frank. I think they sold out. So many people who wants to buy them. A lot of owners of the 940 put down orders for the 960. What is the exact difference between 940 and 960? 60. It's a new engine. It's the Pratt & Whitney PT6E. Okay. So electric powered um, makes for more efficiency. Again, I'm not the TBM expert, but better use of power and effectively more power out of the engine. More speedy, more more efficient, more fun. You are saying it like a pilot. You know? yeah. <laughs> People who are not pilots, they cannot really yeah. make a proper evaluation. People who are not pilots but still appreciate the cosmetics have been improved and the interface is easier to work with. It's more user-friendly. The Kodiak, we also have a new product out. It's the 100 Series 3. A slightly better paint to the Series 2 behind us. Um, improved seats, more user-friendly for the passengers, more comfortable on the cosmetics side it's really the same on the Kodiak it's a workhorse uh, can you give an idea roughly how how many aircrafts you have in Europe right now I mean of both types just a rough idea the Kodiak is about 16 now in Europe the TBM to be honest with you I think it's up to nearly a hundred but again in fact I'd prefer to check where are they produced the TBM is produced in Tarp in France and the Kodiak is produced in Idaho in Sandpoint. It's um, United States. United States. So in fact uh, this uh, lovely bird it's a French aircraft. This is a French aircraft. With old history I believe. Oh uh, yes it's I think don't quote me military history to it. Daher the manufacturer has a big presence not only in civilian aircraft but military as well in development of new technologies so battery-powered aircraft, ultimately the future of flight. Which aircraft would you buy it for, for yourself? For myself, the Kodiak. I'm not saying that because I sell the Kodiak. I sell the Kodiak because I would buy the Kodiak. That's how I came to... Isn't it too big for you, no? No. <laughs> no? I would buy it for the fun. Ah, okay. I want to land in dirt and go on rocks and mud, and I would buy it for the fun factor, honestly. It would suit my personality more. And can you give us a price idea for the new models? Uh... The Kodiak, if you want a good new one with a nice interior, good specifications, you're looking at $2.8 million. $2.8 million? Yeah. Probably some VAT to be paid if it's imported to Europe, yes? Exactly. I mean, that's, again, a situation for the owner to work on. But VAT, if you do import directly to Europe, you will have to pay VAT. Uh, and the second one? The second one is now $6 million. $6 million? So it's just, do you have an idea, rough idea of uh, delivery times for both uh, aircrafts? We as a dealership buy slots ahead of time. So you can easily predict when an aircraft will come for you. Lead time is now six months to 12 months, depending on the world at the moment. You see, if uh, the buyer is not a pilot, how difficult is to find a pilot? I mean, availability of the trained, uh, pilot. rated uh, pilots in Europe for the moment. In my experience this last year, it's been very easy. There are a lot of pilots who, also due to the pandemic, I think have ended up in a position where they're looking for work or looking for something to fly again. I've had it in three separate cases now where there's been an owner matched up with a pilot already. They find each other and they come to us. Probably it's the pilot, in fact, who suggested uh, uh, give an idea of non-professional. I would say pilots are sometimes the better salespeople yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. they push the, the owner eventually to buy this plane. They're like, yeah, come yeah, yeah. I want this aircraft. 
Yeah. So pilots are very helpful to sell a plane, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you don't really need to order uh, and wait for the special training and simulators. So the pilots are in the market. The pilots are in the market. I think it will decrease now that things are improving with the airlines again. But up until a month ago, we were still getting an email every few weeks from a pilot with a CV saying, I fly. I fly Honda Jet, I've got this rating. And theoretically, potential buyers coming to you. Mm -hmm. You probably already have some in your files and your emails, some few names which you can uh, you. use. Yes. Yeah, we have some pilots who are also happy to assist owners in the beginning of the ownership and their flying of the aircraft. We have three very good flight instructors who are professional pilots in their own capacity. And as that's well. in, in Dusseldorf area, yes? In Germany. Yes. They're all German based pilots who will also do the training. It takes about two weeks for the training on both sides and who will fly with the owner until he feels proficient. So we have that as well. Tell me how it's standardly organized. I mean, people, they really afraid because, you know, with the car, you can easily understand. So you, how it, uh, where to park, how to fuel and so on. Yeah. So if early retired uh, wealthy person uh, decided to test uh, this uh, market and uh, to satisfy his old dream to become a Pilot. Is it technically possible for the standard person to, to, to run all this himself? It's an easy, in both cases, they are easy aircraft to, to work with. They're built to be owned and operated by one person. It's very easy to understand the, the technicality of the aircraft. They're both pretty easy to find a hangar for, parking and so forth. Maintenance, we do ourselves. We track it for the owners, so there's no need for the owner to be stressed about oh when am i doing maintenance or what might be broken or what might need something we will track that for him and tell him immediately in this in a month you should come in so it's easy uh, we have a client who is loving cars he's collecting cars driving luxury cars and so on he never been flying and he's wondering how long could it take from just today he make a decision until he he gets the license to fly depends on how much time he has you can do a ppl in three months if you're willing to so it's been three full day training yes yeah. but then you're committing to being there every single day you do effectively stop your life and go and train i actually when i was in flying school myself i was in flying school with a guy like with this profile and he was the first one finished he was quick three months and it's not that that difficult it's not that difficult i mean it depends on the person i'd say a car driver a car collector who likes a performance car will do very well as a pilot because he knows to look into the distance to be ahead of the machine which you need to be as a pilot as well a guy with a, a car profile will probably be a very good pilot He's already got the correct character and mentality. And probably, let's say, potential development would be from uh, Kodiak to TBM. I think uh, Kodiak is a bit easier to navigate. Kodiak or? is very easy to fly. You've got a turbine engine, so it's incredibly safe. The Pratt & Whitney engine is incredibly reliable. You just don't worry at all with this engine. So you've got a very good, high-performance aircraft, a really strong engine, safe airplane, but it's easy to fly easy to land pretty slow definitely if you decide 
okay, I want a better Challenger, a faster plane, off you go. And then from this, on to Honda Jet. <laughs> and tell me, uh, most probably these small aircrafts you also sell with the programs of maintenance, yes? Definitely. Both of them come with their own maintenance programs. Usually it's a five-year maintenance plan that's standard for pretty much every turbine aircraft. The programs... Uh, uh, explain for those who doesn't know how it works. So, so in a very basic sense, the program is broken down into years or flight hours. Say you reach 100 flight hours or one year, whichever is sooner, then there are scheduled tasks that need to be accomplished in the maintenance for that year. So it's either whichever comes first, your hour limits or your annual limit. Just give us a, as an idea of price uh, per hour on on each of, of these aircraft. Okay, so the Kodiak is $700 per hour, very easy estimate. So it means you fly one hour, you pay $700. Yeah. But this is, I mean, this is what I like to use to calculate for people that are interested. Say $700 uh, uh, for flight hours. Yes. And it means no any other costs of maintenance. It operates like an insurance, yes? I think of it this way. This is $700 should in almost every case cover insurance, maintenance and fuel. If you make an allowance for insurance and maintenance per hour and then include your fuel that you spend. It's a good estimate. If you have a pilot, you can estimate another 500 on top of that. So a fair price that we like to pay owners if we use their aircraft, for example, this one is about 1,200 euros dollars per hour with the pilots and everything. The total cost of the flight hour on Kodiak would be 1,200. 700 without a pilot, yes. 1,200 with a pilot, if you have to pay a pilot as well. 700 is the price for the program? It's the price to operate the aircraft, including the program. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. And then program, how much would be in this? I mean, per hour? Now I'm really guessing. I have a whole spreadsheet. 700 is the total uh, Operating cost, cost without uh, pilot. Exactly, correct. And uh, work of the pilot is paid on hourly basis or? That's up to the, the owner. Most of the guys that have, most of the owners that have a pilot will pay him per hour that he flies. The pilot will usually just send an invoice to the owner for every hour that okay. he flies. Yeah. That's not to say some pilot might not charge more than 500 an hour. That's up to him how much he wants to be you yeah. know, paid. 700 it's uh, Kodiak and TBM? Uh, TBM. As it's um, double faster? I would say double the price because double the plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. I think it's a very safe way to go about that. It's always better to estimate more than less. As well. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. As you know. But in fact, for 10 people, including pilot, let's say 1.2 thousand euros, it's not really much considering, I mean, if you take a price per box, uh, 120 euros. So. Yeah. I mean, that's in a, a personal capacity. I think if you are going to put it in a charter operation, you have a different cost again. I mean, for the big families uh, who travel more or less on standard destinations, so it's, it could be a good 
fun and alternative to the standard aviation or driving big cars. It is actually. Especially if you have your dog or whatever. Yeah, I have people that have come by the stand this week that have said, oh, well, that's actually way cheaper. They do the maths really quickly. We are meeting today, so that's why we want to give an idea because uh, cars are so easy, houses are so easy to make all these estimations and the aircrafts, everybody somehow dreaming about uh, aviation. Yeah, but it's to approach it for the first time, I think. It's nice to, to feel like you have an idea of what you're going into before you just go. You don't just buy an airplane, you have to know. I think the goal with us is to make it a little bit less intimidating for someone who wants to. Can you give an idea how it's easy to find a place to park and how much does it cost? Uh... For example, at Mönchengladbach, you would pay about 20 euros per day to park. So it's, you pay like for the parking of the car? Yeah. I mean, if you're in a parking garage, you'll probably end up paying the same price to rent a parking garage in a city for your car as you will to have a space for your aeroplane at a general aviation airport. I mean, obviously, bigger airports with more security or more operations in them are going to get more expensive places. No. One more uh, example of the possible price, uh, I mean, in the well use the big airports? I mean, you could rent a hangar space in the big airports. Uh, with uh, these aircraft, you would probably not have your own hangar. You okay. would rent a space in a hangar. I guess also maybe to... This is a very rough... A very rough, yes, just an between idea. Between 500 and 1,000 euros a month, depending... A month. Yeah, depending on the airport, depending on the hangar, really, what they want to charge for that piece. Okay, and for these uh, type of aircrafts, landing, there, there are some state fees to be paid on each and every flight? Yes. Again, incredibly different, depends on the airport, but it's calculated by the weight of the aeroplane. Both of them are around about three tons in weight. Again, every airport charges very differently. It's very difficult to guess. You can pay anywhere from two euros for a landing up to like 50 euros for a landing. It depends not only on the weight, but also on the staff that are needed. You know, tower controllers, marshallers on the ground, fuel staff. The more of that, that's at the airport for the airplanes, the more expensive the landing fee is. But I assume that uh, for small aircrafts like these, uh, you would not use uh, really big airports. So you would use small and cheap airports, which are not, uh, which you are not able to use uh, for the, the big jet. luxury jets. Yes, exactly. I mean, you want to also try and use more of the small airports. As a pilot, it makes your life easier. It's stressful to be in a control zone with much faster jets and larger aircraft because you always have to give way to them. They're always going to come in first and there's a lot of factors again. You can't be too close to them because of the turbulence yeah, behind the aeroplanes. It's a stressful experience. It's better to go small. With cars, you buy the car and it's immediately losing, let's say, 20-30%. It's a standard. Tell us what is going on in the aviation market. It's a little bit different. Right now, aeroplanes are holding their value and in some cases gaining value because supply and demand has become unbalanced. We have very bad supply at the moment. We've had a pandemic. We've, we've had a lot of factors in the world. And so we have people who want aeroplanes that don't exist. So they're willing to pay a much higher price to make sure that they can get an aeroplane. So I'd say the value of an aircraft, unless it's very, very old with a lot of hours on, is determined by the stability of the market and the availability of aeroplanes. We 
came to understanding that if you buy now and sell it, let's say, in 10 years' time, yeah. while using it efficiently, most probably you have a good chance, considering definitely inflation and so on, mm -hmm. uh, most probably you would uh, sell it at the same price as you bought. Okay. Yes, which is, I think, every owner's dream is to sell his to sell his asset for what he paid <laughs> for the asset. It's yes, so, so you, you've been consuming it for 10 years, yeah. Probably you've been earning, earning if it's it? uh, under AOC. You've yeah. been saving your personal time, your family time, and you, you just uh, maybe you would not be earning on the sale, which yeah. theoretically could be the case also, considering yes. these post-COVID uh, problems with the spare parts and increase in the pricing. They so it, it's really, really very attractive investment. Right now, that's the best time to have an aeroplane is now. Because I, I'm telling uh, our clients living in Monaco, especially, mm -hmm. uh, or Switzerland, they pay approximately half percent, one percent per year on wow. their cash uh, in the bank. Yeah. So it's, uh, they, if you keep for 10 years money in the bank, you would lose 10 percent of the value of your money. Correct. And here it's a really safe and good investment. Yeah. You will keep your money. It's a bit, we talk about parking money. It's a good time to be parking your money. With park, park, yeah, I like, I like this. <laughs> it's, it's a good subject to be discussed. Yeah. If but you want to park money subject. or drive money. <laughs> exactly. Do you want to? Yeah, park it or... <laughs> But in fact, using your terminology, uh, while parked your money, you would drive your income. Yes, it's quite literally what you would be doing, which is fabulous. <laughs> Interesting. Tell us, what is the reason for you to come to su such big shows like this? It's to get the reputation of the aeroplane out there, to give exposure to our brand, to our aircraft, and to make sure that everyone's talking about it. There's, the more attention, the better, and that's why we come here. We've been speaking to some other people here. If show exhibition like this is for, to make transactions or so is it theoretically possible to come here and agree a good price and everything directly with you for example if we have an airplane for sale here right now yes of course if you want to come and buy the airplane i want to sell it to you so yes <laughs> obviously <laughs> okay probably it would be uh, too late this time so the next event you are going uh, in such type of scale uh, what it would be it will be the private flyer event in london it will be at wickham air park we'll be there with the kodiak and the tbm hopefully and, a tbm 960 tell a few words i never in fact heard this event what what is it a wonderful event um there's a car section so really nice vintage cars and um, also aircraft so it's a bit of a lifestyle event if you want to call it that when it would be it's on the 13th and the 14th of may theoretically people can come and meet you and uh, you would give like a personal introduction into particular model exactly so exactly what's going on behind us now um the same thing would happen there they could come look at the airplane sit inside play with the instruments if they want to really feel if it's comfortable for them if it's what they want to have and after that we can decide do they want to go further have a a flight, a demonstration flight, maybe buy the aircraft or order one for another year. Uh, most of uh, our clients, uh, they've been flying jets, private jets. Uh, and this is a bit different uh, style and uh, a bit different um, way of flying. So uh, do you offer like testing flights and how, we, how could it be organized? Because it's assume it's absolutely different. Mm. 
feeling of flying on two different aircrafts? Yes. Well, at the moment, because even we are affected by the aircraft shortage, we would rent an aeroplane from an owner. Often the owner will do the demonstration flight himself. Okay. Or else one of the pilots from our company will do it. It's really up to the to the owner to decide if he wants to charge money. Normally, they will charge the operating cost of the aeroplane for the demonstration flight. Any event, if you buy the aircraft afterwards, we credit the money back. So it's a very most. I'd say actually all of our buyers so far they they're happy to theoretically agree to pay the demonstration flight if they don't buy the aeroplane. I think that's the only hurdle to cross with this is to say yeah there is still a cost to this it's not for free unless the aircraft bought again. How difficult I mean uh, how long time could it take to organize this type of uh, testing flight I mean not on the show of course uh, yeah. but I mean well, it uh, takes a day or so it's a matter okay, of so it's, a uh, it's not like two three months in advance agreement and uh... no, I mean we might not be able to do the flight the next day but we would have an answer of when there would be a chance to do a demonstration it'll take maybe a day we just have to phone the owners that we have in our book if you want to call so it so it's that. more or less yeah. standard process for you you uh, know who you can phone who will say yes already uh, so. and you know client is just paying the cost and if he doesn't like or he has not made the final decision no any obligations uh, from his side and so it could be really done in easy way it's a very easy way to do it and at the end of the day no one is being forced to make a purchase everyone walks away clean and happy and, but in most cases if they decide to go on the flight they do buy the aeroplane <laughs> as a professional speaking on daily basis to the producers and the clients can you just give an idea of the tendencies in the market so i mean people been scared about covid now the war should they f delay the acquisition or aviation is still going on and maybe would be even more developed tell us your professional opinion so it breaks down into two things um, COVID has made a lot more people aware of traveling in in an airline environment so what we've seen is people that were flying business or first class on the airlines before the pandemic are now choosing to fly private or looking into having an aircraft for themselves to fly to be away from the crowds and the, the health risks and the inconveniences um, so that's one factor driving the markets the other yes of course the war has affected the market like the pandemic there's inflation there's difficulty obtaining an aircraft I would advise not to delay buying an aeroplane because the trend right now is for the prices to increase and we're talking dramatic increases um, the Kodiak we've just confirmed a 7% price increase for next year and that's not still that that much because I heard about 20-30% increase of from other yeah. producers the jets you know the larger aircraft are going to get very very expensive we spoke about parking money it's a good time to own an asset that yeah. you can sell again in yeah. a year or two's time buyers they shouldn't really fear that uh, owning of aircraft is that expensive so because everybody really afraid of this like boat is the way to spend your money yes and aircraft probably still uh, at least uh, park your money yes I think a boat 
I'm not a boat expert. Yes. I do love them though. But the running costs of a boat is extreme. I mean, you can buy a few aircraft for the price. No, of, no. You know? what, what I mean that you cannot compare boats and aircraft. So no. it's absolutely different uh, markets. I wouldn't compare them at all. No. And I assume uh, Kodiak, uh, let's say, you don't need only to fly personally. So you can use it for some business like transport of some goods or whatever, we delivery of something. Uh, to tell us uh, the ways uh, this aircraft could be used yes. in case you don't want to fly yourself or you cannot fly yourself for the moment. Okay, so, well, you'd have a pilot in that case and that pilot could fly you and your family or your friends, business partners as one would normally. Alternatively, especially the Kodiak, you can take out all the seats, you can take out the carpet. Um, it's got a very big door so you can load cargo. You can take a cargo pallet very normally. And we do in fact have... Even, even pallets? Pallets can fit in there. Same as piece of cloth. So we do in fact have an owner here in Germany who's been flying his Kodiak for about four years now. Has an engineering firm. You'll see in the Kodiak brochures and the media, you'll actually see this owner loading um, truck gearboxes into the Kodiak and he's very proud of this. He uses this very actively for personal travel and to transport his actual goods. So it's very useful these days. It's very versatile. So in fact you can combine your personal European business yeah. uh, with your private use uh, of the aircraft. Exactly, which makes the cost even more tolerable, isn't it? I assume not cost, but your profitability is really increasing. That's a better way to put it, you're right. <laughs> and how long time, for example, just to give an idea, how difficult is it to take out chairs from the aircraft? A few minutes, I can do it And myself. you can do it yourself? I can do it myself. Uh, I mean, okay, yeah, really that's it's even more impressive. Yes, it's very, very easy. It takes a few minutes. It's even hard to believe uh, what can, you can do at home yourself. I mean, yeah. like making a renovation of your flat yourself. Yeah, you can do all of that yourself. <laughs> we would advise our clients to speak to you directly about uh, some particular technical questions uh, and uh, we would be happy to bring you such clients and explain them uh, based on this uh, uh, discussion today uh, how easy it is and uh, yeah. that it's probably a good idea at least to start thinking about acquisition of aircraft. Exactly. I mean, for each client we will take personal time, same as you would for a charter client, same situation, to make sure that what the information that they're receiving is tailored for what they are doing with the aeroplane. So, by all means. Thank you very much for this time. Uh, I noticed uh, while making a point that you're so busy here, so clients are really... They're everywhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're everywhere. Seems to be that they are already queuing to buy the aircraft. Uh, but still, I think even in this yeah. situation, there is a chance uh, to, to buy either these small birds or you can direct for example to honda jet or something else okay. and you can even give a personal introduction like a pilot yourself exactly so... we can speak to owners in terms of if they prefer to speak as a pilot or if they prefer to speak as as a buyer and i like the idea then the owner can rather easy become a pilot so yes. that's that's uh, also interesting the story. only limitation is the owner's time and to do the training really okay thank you very much it was really a pleasure to meet you here and hope to see you on next uh, show definitely thank you Vitaly. thank you, thank you. Thank you guys